Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Good morning. I don't know if it will be morning or night when you are listening. In my house, you can probably hear the whirring of the dishwasher behind me. It's a busy morning. But I took a little bit of time out of this morning to just say welcome. Welcome to our 2021-22 Digging Deep Study. The hour has come. The conversations of Christ right before the cross. Those conversations begin in John 12, verse 23. But we are studying first this month, John 11, which chronicles the raising of Lazarus and how that is a catalyst for the conversations that are to follow. The main thrust of the very first lesson is that Christ was purposeful in his death and in the establishment of the church. Everything that Jesus Christ was doing on this Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, of which we are studying and we're going all over the Bible in this study, but everything that he was doing was completely purposeful. Any effort of some in the world today to account the cross as a failure resulting in a church that's just a temporary stopgap measure waiting for the earthly reign of Jesus in Jerusalem. Any effort to make that what this passage chronicling of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is teaching us is a horrendous blasphemy against this part of Scripture. We are going to know beyond any shadow of a doubt as we study this very first Digging Deep chapter this year that Jesus died on purpose. Not only did he die on purpose, but every detail of his death was completely planned and orchestrated because he was making a great sacrifice, the world's largest ever sacrifice for our sins, on that tree at Calvary. So we're going to look at John 11 just for a minute this morning, and this dig a bit will be yours. The chapter begins by saying that a man was sick and his name was Lazarus. He lived in Bethany. Now Bethany was a town that was just two miles outside of Jerusalem, and this says it was the town of Mary and her sister Martha. And it was that Martha, it's interesting that it doesn't say it was the town of Lazarus at this time, but it was the town of Mary and her sister Martha, and Lazarus was there. And it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. And you can read about that in the 26th chapter of Matthew. Therefore his sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, the one whom you love is sick. And really this love word here means the one to whom you are devoted is sick. Jesus was devoted to this family in Bethany. And when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not to death, but it is for the glory of God. Went ahead and said it again, that the Son of Man might be glorified thereby. He said there's a purpose to this sickness of Lazarus. And when he said it's not unto death, he didn't mean that Lazarus wasn't going to physically die here, but it wasn't going to be a permanent situation of death. 
It's kind of like the Christian's death. We are not going to die permanently. So when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but it's for a purpose. It's for the glory of God. Then he repeated it, that the Son of Man might be glorified thereby. I want you to notice then that Jesus waited a couple of days before he casually began his trip to Bethany, the trip in which he knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. He knew that he was. Um, and then in verse 40, after he talks with Mary and Martha, he's experiencing their grief. He cried there in Bethany when he arrived there, but he still knew that he was bringing Lazarus from the dead. And in verse 40, Jesus said, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? So here we have a bookend. We have the glory of God being foretold in verse 4. And then he does the traveling, and when he gets there, Lazarus has been dead four days. The Jews are there weeping over his death. And then in verse 40, he said, Didn't I tell you that if you would believe, Martha, you would see the glory of God? So there's a definite purpose here for the death of Lazarus, and it is the glorification of Jesus Christ and of his Father. And it really, Jesus is speaking about how that this was going to be a catalyst for his glorification at the cross. So we have those bookends in verse 4 and verse 40. And in the middle of those bookends, we have Jesus saying to Martha, your brother will rise again. And Martha said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And then Jesus made the statement that does bring him glory. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. And whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Well, this is exactly, he's defining here what he said to his apostles earlier when he said this sickness is not unto death he's talking about permanent spiritual death because in verse 26 whoever lives and believes in me shall never die do you believe this and she said yes lord i believe that you are the christ the son of god which should come into the world she's making the same confession peter made in matthew 16 18 and when she had said so she went her way and called Mary her sister and said, The Master has come and is calling for you. So he says in verse 4, there's a purpose for this death. He says in verse 40 again, there's a purpose for this death. I'm telling you, if you'll believe, you're going to see something that's going to glorify the Father in heaven. And right in the middle, he says, this is not really death at all. So the physical death was for a purpose and the spiritual death was non-existent. That's what he's saying there in between those two verses. And then verse 53 and 54, we have the results. If we go ahead and read down, Jesus said, Didn't I say to you, verse 40, 
that if you would believe, you should see the glory of God. He's talking to Martha there. So they took away the stone from the place where he was dead. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. And I knew that you hear me always. But because of the people who stand by, I said it, that they might believe that you have sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. I know that you've heard that Marshall Keeble said that if he hadn't put his name before come forth, then all the graves in all the world would have opened. At any rate, and he that was dead, verse 44, came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin, and Jesus said, Loose him and let him go. And many of the Jews which came to Mary and saw those things believed on him, but some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. They went to the Pharisees and said, We're in trouble. This man has just raised a man from the grave who has been dead four days, and we still don't want people to believe that he's the king of the Jews. Come on, this man just raised someone from the dead. What are we going to do to keep our power and to keep the people quiet before the Romans who are just waiting for a chance to clamp down on us as Jews anyway. And, you know, this Jesus has raised some somebody from the dead. The people are going to revolt against us. So many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did, verse 45, believed on him. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees, told them what things Jesus had done, then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, what do we? What are we going to do? For this man does many miracles and signs. So they gathered a little group together and said, we got to have a conference about this. This man is going to take the hearts of the people because he can raise people from the dead. So if we let him alone, everybody's going to believe in him. And the Romans are going to come and take away our place in our nation. We can't have something like this Jesus going on where everybody's running after someone that's not a Roman and... Um, is believing in the power of someone that's not even a Roman. We can't have this. They're going to squash us. And one of them named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said to them, You know nothing at all. I want you to listen to this now. Nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and that the whole nation perish not. It says, verse 51, And this didn't, he wasn't speaking of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation. God is making his high priest, no matter how wicked he is. He's, he's the high priest of Israel, according to the Old Covenant. And it says that God is prophesying through him that Jesus should die for that nation. I kind of wonder about Caiaphas. I mean, what was the expression like on his face when this profound truth came out of his mouth and he was an unbeliever in Jesus. He didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. In fact, he's going to play a part in putting him to death. But here he opens his mouth and says, it's expedient that one man should die for the nation. He is prophesying God's word. That's just something that is amazing to me. It's, and it goes further to show that this day was a day of complete glorification of God. It was a day of purpose. It was a day that was going to move us to the ultimate glorification at Calvary. And not for that nation only, but also that he should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. This is Caiaphas, the high priest of the Jews who did not believe in Jesus and who certainly didn't want to open up the doors of any kingdom to the Gentiles. 
prophesying that God was going to take those Gentiles and put them into his kingdom. It's one of the most amazing passages of the New Testament to this girl. So then from that day, verse 53, from that day forth, they took counsel together for to put him to death. Everything that Jesus went to Bethany to do, he accomplished. He said, I'm going there for the glory of God. He said, you watch and you believe in me and you will see the glory of God. They did. They saw a man come forth from the dead, but that wasn't the ultimate glorification that we're going to study here. He's saying, I am going to be glorified. The Son of Man is going to be raised up. That was the purpose for the raising of Lazarus. Now, did Lazarus know ahead of time before he died that he was going to be raised, that he was doing something for the ultimate purpose of the cross? I don't know, but I, you know, in my human mind, I'm so finite, I can't know that. But I think that Jesus must have had a conversation with this man to whom he was so devoted prior to the time and said, I've got to use you. I, you're going to be a catalyst for the salvation of the Jews and those who are scattered abroad. I believe they had a conversation, and I believe that Lazarus was prepared to be this tool in the hand of Jesus. That's speculation, of course. But verse 57, the last verse of the chapter says, Both the chief priests and the Pharisees had given a commandment that if any man knew where Jesus was, he should show it that they might take him. They are ready to take Jesus. And we know that that purpose that they had was going to ultimately lead to the cross, but it wasn't just their purpose. Verse 4, verse 40, Jesus was saying, I am letting Lazarus lay dead four days for a purpose, and it is for the glory of God. And then we bump on over to chapter 12, verse 23, and he says, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Okay, God was given glory. God was given glory at the raising of Lazarus, surely by those Jews that believed. But that wasn't the main impending glory that was going to come to Jesus and to his Father because he's still speaking about it being at hand. It wasn't something that had already happened at the raising of Lazarus, but there is a big glorification that is coming. Verse 23, Jesus said, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. And then he begins to talk about the corn that's falling into the ground, and we'll get that maybe on the next dig a bit. But what I really want you to see here, verse 4 and 40 of chapter 11, that raising of Lazarus was for glorification. And 12.23, the ultimate glorification, the real glorification, the big glorification that's going to happen has still not happened in chapter 12, verse 23. It's something that's coming up. But that raising of Lazarus in chapter 11 was a catalyst to bring this about closing the chapter by saying they were looking for him from that day forth they took counsel together for to put him to death verse 53 and verse 57 they commanded that if any man knows where he is you let us know that we might take him well judas was there judas was listening and he was taking that to heart and he realized that there was money in that for him i want us just to think about 
how that the disciples were this will be the end how the disciples were there how judas was there how that um in chapter 12 just after this jesus a few days before the passover came to bethany where lazarus was and mary took this ointment of spikenard really costly ointment and anointed jesus feet and judas was there at that time as well and you remember he said we could have sold this it could have the money could have been given to the poor but the bible even tells us that he said this not that he cared for the poor chapter 12 verse 6 but because he was a thief judas we have to remember that through all of this catalyst for the glory of jesus judas was there he was watching in fact he was making comments that were and then john through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit tells us why he was making those comments. Everything that in the purpose of God for the glorification of Jesus at Calvary is coming together seamlessly here because we have the betrayer here hearing the Pharisees giving the commandment that if any man knows where he is, he should show it that they might take him. You know, Lazarus in a very real sense died for the cross. He died so that the cross could happen. And then we read about when we really uh, put all of these events together. And then we turn over to Acts chapter 2. And we read in Acts chapter 2, verse 22, Peter and the apostles standing up and preaching that first gospel sermon after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and saying, You men of Israel, hear these words that Jesus of Nazareth was a man approved of God among you by miracles, mighty works, and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. There wasn't anyone who stood up in Acts 2 and said, we didn't see this, because obviously they had seen all manner of, there were 5,000 people who were fed by the loaves and fishes they had witnessed these things many of the people there had seen the wonders and signs that jesus had done verse 23 is powerful him jesus being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of god you took and by wicked hands crucified him and slew him who was it that planned all of this who was it that had the determined purpose and foreknowledge it was god it was god the father who knew and made a way for, made a catalyst for this to occur. And you took him, and by wicked hands, you crucified him, and you slew him. I love that we can see in Acts 11, all of this determined purpose coming together and the Son of God speaking about this determined counsel. One more question. Do you think Lazarus was there on the steps of the temple in Acts chapter 2 when that first gospel sermon was being preached? I, it wasn't but a few days after his raising that this occurred. I cannot imagine him not being there. I think he was there. He lived just two miles from the place where this occurred. I believe he followed Jesus all the way to, to Calvary. That is my personal opinion. How could he not, having been raised from the dead and knowing the purpose for his raising from the dead, hearing Jesus talk about this is for my ultimate glorification. I believe Lazarus was in the audience at Acts 2. I think he was around the cross 
in Matthew 27 and the latter chapters of John, I believe Lazarus was a devoted follower of Christ after his resurrection from the dead, after he walked out of that tomb. I believe he was before, but I believe you couldn't have just, I, I don't believe you could have peeled him away from the side of Jesus as Jesus was going through the difficulties of the cross. And I believe he was there to hear that first gospel sermon. That's, of course, uh, my subjective opinion. Of course, I don't know that. But I believe that Lazarus had to be in the audience in Acts 2. And I believe in Acts 2, 38 and following, Lazarus was baptized into Christ. And I believe, it's just my opinion, that I'm going to see my brother Lazarus in heaven. And just like those Jews who came in John 12 to see Lazarus, it says they didn't come to, to just see Jesus, but they wanted to see Lazarus. They wanted to see him walking and talking. I believe I'm going to get to see him walking and talking one day. And just like those Jews wanted to ask him some things, I think it'll be very interesting to ask him about those days that we read about when it was time for the ultimate glorification of Jesus and about the role that he played in it. I hope you're having a great study. I hope you're having a good day. Before I leave, I want to just ask you to please keep inviting people because I believe in digging deep. I believe in digging deep, whether you're in the digging deep or not. I believe in digging deep in the Word. We'll be stronger. We'll be better. And there will be more people in heaven as a result of our being in the Word. Thanks. Have a great day.